Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. There's a show on TV on Oxygen called Preachers of Los Angeles, and it is a disgrace, and it does not represent most preachers in the kingdom of God. It does not. It does not. Although it does represent a lot of them. And because that show has brought so much negativity and light on the church, now I just recently got a link from uh, uh, from a local newspaper in Charlotte of a church. I will not mention their name out of respect, but, but talking about the pastor and his $7 million uh, 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 home and expensive car right here in Charlotte. Don't say the name. Did you hear me? I just said I'm not going to say the name because out of respect. See me after service. I'll straighten you out. Right here in Charlotte. And then, you know, and then, and then, this, and then, and the article talks about that they, they they said that uh, the the church members all were made or told to sign a waiver that they would not discuss the finances of the church and and what the pastor makes and where the pastor lives and so on and so forth. And if they did, that they were uh, under the threat of a lawsuit. And people in the church signed this document. But I'm saying because of that show is bringing all this negative light on now all the churches when all the preachers are not like that. God will hold you accountable if you stand in this position and you speak for him. You need to speak what he says and do not speak what he does not say. (laughs) False teachers and false shepherds, they don't care about the flock. We just read it. And when there's no shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And when the sheep scatter, they become food for the beast of the field. And God says to these false shepherds, you will pay for what you have done. False shepherds were in Israel and false shepherds are among us today. We got a world full of deceivers, don't we? We got a world full of frauds, don't we? We got a world full of fakes, don't we? A church full of preachers who stand in their denominational churches and even some non-denominational churches and spew out devil doctrine. And it is sad because Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he said, many will, are you listening? He said, many will follow their pernicious ways. I am amazed at how many people think that this is okay. It's okay for the pastor to live in a $7 million home while this sister is giving the best that she can from her social security check. Or people are told that they should tithe and not pay their electric bill because God will provide for you if you if you tithe, God will provide for your electric bill. No, I say pay your electric bill. Be a good example. Okay, what you want me to be a bad example as a Christian, not pay, but trusting God. 
I'm coming. <laughs> Trusting God. But you want to be a bad example. It doesn't make sense. And, and meanwhile, these people live and they take advantage of the poor. I think it's a shame. I think it's a sin. I think it's a crime. Honestly, you guys know, my wife and I, my children, we came here. We had nothing. We came here because God told us to come here. The first 25, we put it in the church and put it, put, open up the bank account with $25. $25, nobody supported us when we came here. We came here because God, we felt that God showed us that we ought to come here and start a church. I went to the bank and I had $25. I opened up the Calvary Chapel. The account we have now was opened by me with $25. I will never forget. I walk in the bank. I said to the bank, uh, can I help you? Yes, sir. I'd like to deposit $25. And he was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Come on in. Come on in. Sit down. uh, $25,000? I said, no, $25. (laughs) I said, what, $25,000? Man, what you talking about? Foxes have holes, birds have no, the son of man has no place to lay his head. Me either. <laughs> and even today, I mean, even today, you guys know, we, a staff of the church here, we don't, none of us make exorbitant salaries. I don't want money. You know, honestly, this church couldn't afford me. If it was about money, this church could afford me. Yeah, I said it. That's right. Y'all can't afford me. No, you cannot. Nope, you can't afford me. You know why? Because you can't pay me for my prayer. You can't pay me for how I carry you on my heart. You can't pay me for how I weep for people. You can't pay me for how I spend hours upon hours upon hours in the presence of God. I'm not trying to boast or brag. I'm just trying to help you understand something. You cannot pay me. Where does the dollar amount stop? I'm happy. God, provide my needs. I'm happy. I live in a 2,100-square-foot home right across the street. I live in a really small house that's pretty small, the medium neighborhood. I got my cars are old. They're new to me, but they're old. And, and amen. And, and we're happy to love God and to love his people. And that, to me... I'm blessed. I am blessed. I have everything I need. I do not need a $7 million home. Now, I didn't say I didn't need $7 million. I said I don't need a $7 million home. Because <laughs> I know I'm trying to build a church. Y'all know what I'm trying to do. Paul said, uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, there are these false prophets, these deceitful workers transform themselves into the apostles of Christ. They're not. They try to be, but they're not. They are thieves and robbers climbing over, stealing and slaughtering God's sheep. Jude 12. God has a lot to say about false teachers. I'm just giving you a thumbnail sketch. Jude 12, 13. These are spots in, the, in your love feast without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water. You know how clouds are without water. It's like big, 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 and nothing. These false teachers are big, 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 and no substance. Form over substance. Clouds without water, carried about by the winds. Late autumn, trees without fruit. 
twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their shame. Look at verse 3. We got to move forward. They have always been false shepherds, but to the shepherds, the true shepherd, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. They know his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and then leads them out. Keep the context of Judaism. Two green pastures of the new covenant. Look at the end of verse three. He leads them out. Notice it doesn't say he drives them out or he herds them out or he pushes them out. He leads them out. The good shepherd will lead. A bad shepherd drives. A good shepherd will pick them up and carry them when they're down. A bad shepherd will kick them when they're down. The good shepherd always goes before the sheep so he could see if there's any danger. A good shepherd always went out front. He would check out the trail and find the place to pasture. And watch this. Every place the sheep went, the shepherd had already been. Did y'all get that? Where are you? Jesus has been there. Whatever you've gone through, he's been there. Yet without sin, but he's been there. He understands anxiety. He understands depression. He understands suicide. He's been there. Verse 4, look at it. And when he brings out his own, they follow him because they know his voice. But they won't follow, who saints? A stranger. Listen to this true story. A man in Australia was arrested and charged with stealing a sheep. But he claimed emphatically that it was one of his own and that he had been missing for many days. Well, when the case came to court, the judge was puzzled, not knowing how to decide the matter. At last, he asked that the sheep be brought into the courtroom. And then he ordered the plaintiff to step outside and call the animal. The sheep made no response except to raise its head and look frightened. The judge then instructed the defendant to go to the courtyard and call the sheep. When the accused man began to make his distinctive call, the sheep bounded toward the door and it was obvious that he recognized the familiar voice of his master. And likewise, saints, we know the familiar voice of our master and we know his voice because of his word. It's a still small voice. But we know his voice. Point number two, Jesus claims to be the door to the fold in verse 7 through 10. Again, look at verse 7. Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. In other words, Jesus is the only door. Jesus is the only way to the Father. There's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way. Peter said, neither is there salvation in any other. Look at verse 8. Jesus said, all whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. In other words, Jesus says there's a lot of false doors. False prophets, false teachers, false messiahs, false shepherds. Jesus says, I'm the one and the only way. I am the door. And if you believe in me and trust in me, Jesus says, I promise two things. Verse 9, you'll be saved and you'll go in and out and find pastures. Saved from what? Saved from the wolves and the thieves that will come and destroy. Look at verse 10. Jesus said, I came to give life. Are you looking at verse 10? I came to give life that they might have it more what? abundantly. Nobody wants to just be safe. The human heart wants infinitely more than safety. Safety is basic. We want to be protected from what can destroy us. We want life, but we want more than just life. We want abundant life, overflowing life, deep life, weighty life, joyful life. We don't want to just survive. 
We want to thrive on every level. So I believe that Jesus is saying, I came that you might have life abundantly. He's saying, I came that you might be saved and that you might go out into the world and share and come into the presence of God. And there in the presence of God, you'll find green pasture. There in the presence of God, you'll find protection and plenty, solid safety and deep soul satisfaction. In this contrary to popular teaching, abundant life, listen, is not about having stuff. Did you hear me? Abundant life is not about having stuff. It's about having peace. It's about having joy. It's about having God. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. And finally, look at verse, uh, the third part, Jesus claims to be the good shepherd in verses 11 through 18. Notice in verse 11, look at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. This is the fourth of the seven I am statements in John's gospel. Now, in the Greek language, it reads like this. I am the, the shepherd, the good one. I am the shepherd, the good one. There are at least two Greek words for, shep- for good, One means good in the sense of moral quality or authentic, and the other means total of beauty, loveliness. That's the word here. Jesus says, I'm the good one, preeminent, excellent in every feature. I am the good and the beautiful one, which separates him from every other shepherd. Above Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David, who were all shepherds. Now understand that Israel viewed God as the ultimate shepherd. They were familiar with God's leading Israel like a shepherd leads his flock. So by Jesus using his statement, here he is once again making himself equal with God. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Look at verse 12. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling runs in verse 13 because he is a hireling and has no care. The hireling is sheep tending or sheep babysitting. It's just a job. They don't really care about the sheep. They're earning a living. So the hireling says no job is worth your life. If you're just working, then you sure don't need a job that might kill you. The reason Jesus mentions the hireling is because he's not like that. The hireling loves his life more than the sheep. Jesus loves the sheep more than his life. Did you get that? So Jesus is not a hired hand. The sheep belong to him, and he loves them more than he loves his own life. In verses 14 through 18, finally, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. The shepherd knows the sheep, and the sheep know the shepherd. He knows every nuance of the sheep. He knows every blemish of the sheep. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The bad shepherd thinks the flock exists for his benefit. But the good shepherd lives and dies for the sheep. And then look at verse 16. Verse 16 is engraved on the tombstone of David Livingston, who was a medical missionary to Africa. Other sheep have I which are not of this fold. Are you looking at verse 16? Now listen, the other sheep are not on Mars. You knew that, didn't you? Amen. The other sheep are not the Mormons. Amen. 
The other sheep are not the Baptists, the Pentecostals, the Baptocostals, Kojic. The other sheep are not Calvary Chapel or any denomination. The other sheep, anybody know who the other sheep are? Very good, the Gentiles. Us, all believers. There is one shepherd, one flock, one fold, and one pasture. The whole body of Christ is one in Christ. We are a united body. And that's why we don't have membership here at Calvary Chapel. If you're new to this church, we don't have membership here. You don't have to sign the roll here or sign up to be in a club. Say amen, Calvary Chapel. We don't have membership. And the reason we don't have membership is because other sheep Jesus has which are not of this fold. In other words, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you are already a member. So why would you have to come to this church and become a member of something that you're already a member of? Did y'all get me? Or do you need to get a CD? You don't have to become a member because you're already a member. If you know Jesus, then you're already a member. And you love God and... We love God, and you're already a member. We're, we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, people have asked me, how come we don't have membership? I tell them, well, do you know the Lord? They say, yeah. I say, well, then you're a member. They say, is that it? I go, yeah. Do you want to write a check? <laughs> Make no mistake now. We will take it. But, I mean, you know, and people are like, what do you got to do to become a member? You need to love Jesus. You need to know Jesus. And that's why I remember, see, for those of y'all that have just moved in, I'm going to let y'all go get your chicken sandwich. Hold on. Uh, but those, you know, when, if you just got to the triangle, say, in the last, let's say, 10 years, the triangle now is very different than it was in, like, 95. Uh, when we first moved here, the Triangle, they were really big into it. But if y'all have been around here, you know this is true. Uh, back, back in 95, 96, 97, the Triangle, Research Triangle was into racial reconciliation. And they were, uh, you know, having rallies even. I was being invited to rallies in Raleigh for racial reconciliation. And I'm like, what y'all going to do? Y'all going to get the black folks and the white folks together? And get them to come. What y'all going to sing Kumbaya or something? I mean, what y'all going to do? Because they were trying to, because they were, you know, when I first got here, I remember um, when we, we didn't have a place to live. You know, we just pulled up, didn't have a place to live. I didn't have a job. So we're going apartment to apartment, trying to find a place to live. And they, again, they're in the racial reconciliation here at that time. They were trying to be fair to everybody and trying to change that whole stigma of the South and blacks and whites and all of that kind of stuff. I'm just keeping it 100 new people. We talk about this here at Calvary Chapel. So breathe. They're like, we talk about this all the time. It's nothing. It's nothing. Really, it's nothing. So, you know, we, 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 I didn't have a job, and I'm looking for a place to live. So y'all know my story. I put in applications at various apartment complexes, and I want to move in, and we're looking to, you know, get planted or something. So I fill in my application, and on the application it says, employer, and I said, I write in there, God. And the lady, uh, each Every place we went to, I'm not kidding you, every single place we went to, they would go reading over the application. Okay, Rodney Finch. Um, yes, yes, yes. Employer, God. 
<laughs> God, um, is God going to pay your rent? And I say, I certainly hope so. Well, you know, we can't rent, you know, I mean, we're just being fair, but you know, we can't really, because you don't have a job and so on and so forth. They were really into racially reconciling the triangle and getting all the peoples together and uniting. And I never went to any of these things, and nor did I have the church go to any of these things, because I realized that we as believers, we are already reconciled. We are reconciled to Jesus Christ. We are already believers. We're already reconciled. So why do we need to go somewhere and declare that we are reconciled? It'd be like if you came to my house and we're, you know, we're sitting in the kitchen on the counter and all the finches are sitting around. We're all declaring our finchness. <laughs> and you walk in, we're like, I'm a finch. You're a finch. I'm a finch. You're a finch. I'm a finch. I'm a, we are the finches. <laughs> we are the finches. And somebody walk in and go, what are y'all doing? We're declaring our finchness. We're talking about our unity as finches. And you would go, what, are y'all crazy? What in the world? Why do you need to do that? You, we, you, we, don't y'all know y'all finches? I know y'all finch and I just walked in. Because you don't need to do that because you're already a finch. You've already been reconciled. And therefore, we are one in Christ. And whether I've told you before, there is no black heaven. Say amen. And there is no white heaven. Say amen. Amen. White people say amen. (laughs) Black folks say amen. The new people are like, I'm never coming back here. I'm never coming back to this church. They're crazy in that place. They are crazy. You know why? Because we realize, and I'm going to let y'all go. I really mean it this time. <laughs> you know what they say when a preacher says in closing? You know what it means? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know, we, we realize that um, we, we don't come together because we're black and we don't come together because we're white and we, we don't come together for any other reason but the fact that the blood of Jesus is red and that, that he died for us and we all understand that and we don't care if black folks come, white folks come, if you're blue, if you're yellow, it doesn't matter what color you are because it's not about you anyway. You think when you come in church, people are looking at you. Nobody's looking at you. No one's looking at you. We just say, hey, how you doing? That's good. If you look nice, that's fine. But nobody's caring about you. <laughs> Amen. What'd you learn in church today? Nobody cares about me. <laughs> if Jesus had laid down his life for the sheep, the gospel would have never broke out of the boundaries of Israel and spread. And here we are too thousand years later, October 27, 2013, all because one man obeyed. Because of his obedience, he brought us together so that there is one flock, not one fold, but one flock under one shepherd, Jesus Christ. Everyone is familiar with Psalms 23. And listen, I want to explain Psalm 23 as I close. The Lord is my shepherd. That's relationship. I shall not want that supply. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's rest. He leads me beside the still waters. 
That's refreshment. He restores my soul. That's healing. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. That's guidance. For his name's sake, that's purpose. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's testing. For I will fear no evil. That's protection. For thou art with me. That's faithfulness. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's discipline. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's hope. You anoint my head with oil. That's consecration. My cup runs over. That's abundance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's blessing. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's security. Forever. That's eternity. So the question I leave you with, do you know the psalm or do you know the shepherd? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.